0: Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey, and welcome to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews, insights, project management, leadership trainings, and lessons learned from the field of healthcare to improve the delivery of your projects and business performance. Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. Today, I interviewed Ben Elvidge from CCG Supplies. It was such a lovely interview. One of the things which I think you will really enjoy and hope that it shines through is that CCG Supplies and Ben are really family oriented. He describes his business, they're old school, they're old fashioned. They just want to provide the best customer service to you and let the customers communicate with that organization in a way that is easiest for them. So there's no single point of access. You can email, phone, whatsapp he works with his mum he's been inspired by his grandpa and just comes across as a really 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 nice guy so ccg supplies are a one-stop shop for the nhs they supply direct to surgeries pharmacies clinics hospitals orthodontists dentists ccg confederations and primary care networks and commissioning support units okay and they are growing rapidly they've got multiple sites they aim for next day delivery and they also have along with their sales and marketing and business acumen they also have clinical knowledge within their organisation one of the key lessons ben has learned from setting up this business is to trust his gut And again, reiterated, he wants to grow this business, but in a way that feels good, in a way that is ethical and in a way that gives the best value to his clients and customers. So there's loads of nuggets within this interview. I don't want to give it all away now, but please, please listen. For any leader working in the field of healthcare or any leader working in any industry, I think having those family values, how he describes his team and talks so fondly about his team, how it's a family business and his mum's involved, I think you'll get a lot from this, okay? So enjoy, like and share. Hi Ben, thank you so much for joining me on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing?
1: Very well, thank you. And pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. What I thought would be really good is if you give people a little bit of an introduction to yourself and about CCG Supplies.
1: My name's Ben Elvidge. I was one of the founding directors of CCG Supplies, a rapidly growing healthcare supplies provider. Everything for such as a GP surgery or a pharmacy, other than pharmaceuticals, we supply a product portfolio. For use within primary care basically.
0: And whereabouts are you based?
1: We are based in sunny Scarborough in North Yorkshire. However, we do work nationally. We have multiple hubs and logistics centres up and down the UK that we can pull stock from. So we can offer a next day service on 90% of our products, unless obviously it's something more specialist or made to order, wherever our clients are
0: geographically. Cool. How did you get started in this?
1: We Will, who is our sales manager for the business, myself and Will worked elsewhere within, I can't say too much, but within healthcare, but on a slightly different range of products. And we sort of headed up healthcare for the other business and decided that we would like to do it ourselves and that we could take it in a slightly different direction and be more specialized towards healthcare rather than just having a portfolio that fit, we would actually... Bespoke build the portfolio for use within healthcare only. So as much as we have, we have a couple of schools that order from farmers, but it's just sort of people that we help out, sort of friends of family, that sort of thing. Obviously, some of the products are crossover on from a first aid point of view and from an IT point of view. But we are sort of massively geared up towards healthcare. Our logo is a stethoscope, so we've sort of set our set our stall out now.
0: Okay, cool. And how long have you been going for?
1: We are. We will be six years in March next year, 10th of March, will be six years.
0: And how big is your team?
1: We're quite a small team. We have a good system. So there's five of us at the moment, another one coming on board for the new year. And then there's another couple of people that we're talking to, but we're very strict on who works with us, basically, because we're handling a lot of confidential information and the nature of the products that we're dealing with. It has to be the right candidate. And touch wood, we have in the five and a half years we've been going, we have never ever lost a member of staff. So we're we're hoping to sort of keep that trend going, and we sort of constantly reinvest in our systems rather than in number of staff, basically.
0: So can you talk about how do how have you managed to kind of get a hundred percent success rate on your recruitment? That's incredible. I think
1: so. We started the business with three of us. There was myself, there was Will, and then there's actually my mum, who is doubles up as finance director. I
0: love and, that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's quite an interesting story, actually. Will and I decided that we wanted to, to do this. I was 20 at the time, and I just didn't have the money to fund it, basically. So I went running off to mum and said, I've got an idea. What do you think? Mum said, go and write a business plan and come back to me, and we'll, we'll have a chat, basically. So it wasn't just a yes straight I actually had to work for it and then basically managed to strike a deal where mum would give us some initial investment and then basically once mum had been paid back, we would trade on its profits basically and we never for a minute thought that it would go as well as it has. We knew that we had a chance of making a success as a business and making a difference within healthcare but didn't realise the magnitude at all to sort of put it into perspective we've actually we are about to move into our fifth premises in six years and each time we have either doubled in space or for the last two times we've actually quadrupled our space and then this time is a double again so it got to a point within there's an interesting stat i think within a period of a year premises wise we were eight times bigger than the previous year and still growing, which is amazing. But I think with in regards to our team, everyone works towards one goal, which is ultimately, as cheesy as it sounds, is getting the best value and offering the best service for our clients. And because we're in a position where we can offer that, we don't have any sort of office politics or any issues. Our clients are happy. We're happy. Our suppliers are happy. So we we just don't breed any sort of negativity within the office, which I believe is probably one of the reasons that we're so successful at hanging on to to key members. Plus, we give everyone a lot of responsibility. Everyone's an integral part. We don't carry anyone. Everyone has their own portfolios to look after, but everyone's also trained to a point in each other's. So, everyone can sort of jump on and help out in other areas, should it be needed at that time.
0: So, what does the Best value and kind of best customer service look like to you?
1: For us, there's a few sort of value adds. Customer service is a huge thing. Everything from we're, we sort of have a bit of a mantra, which is don't say that you're going to do something unless you're actually going to do it. There's too many, especially in sales environments. Obviously, so we're, we're not a, as much as we offer solutions. We are a sales based business. We're supplying products at the end of the day. We're moving boxes, and it's not, it's just a case of not overpromising and sticking to everything that you say that you're going to do, or at least to the best of the ability, unless something goes wrong elsewhere. We have every single client, we have two and a half thousand clients. Every single one has a dedicated account manager that is responsible ultimately for running their account and making sure everything goes smoothly. All the prices are updated. We offer multiple ways to order. It seems to be a common trend within healthcare supplies at the moment. Everyone has fancy websites and basically... Chucks all the clients online and said, "I'll oh, just check out on there, and everything will be automated in the background, which is fine for some clients, but for some it just doesn't work. So we take orders, email, online, over the phone, fax, letter, WhatsApp, anything. Any way that a customer can get in touch with us to order the to order the products, we'll take the order in that manner as long as it's coming from the uh, someone who is who is allowed to order from that particular site. Price is a huge thing. Obviously, we're up north, which is means our cost to serve is far, far less than what competitors' cost to serve is. We work off true cost. We don't have any back-end margin within the business at all. Um, so some of our competitors, for example, without naming any, any names, will have a 3% uplift on cost price and then they won't supply anything for less than 10% margin, whereas we would do a deal at cost plus 3%. So all of a sudden, we are 10% cheaper than that business, and they're so regimented that they can't move from that. We'll sell things at a loss to keep clients happy, and we'll always look at the bigger picture. Our product range, I would say, is the best in the industry. We cover everything from IT to furniture to medical equipment, medical consumables, paper products, pack testing, flooring, absolutely everything other than pharmaceuticals, basically. And then with industry knowledge, for example, between myself and Will, we've got probably 16 years experience in the the industry from an IT point of view. My my mum, she's always sort of been involved to a point with finance. And then Jade, who runs our medical portfolio, Jade is a clinician herself and has been in the industry for years and years. And Alex is from a sales background. And is quite unique in the way that he handles his clients. He's very much a people pleaser and sort of the, the margin comes last and the clients come first, which in turn actually makes him very, very good at what he does.
0: So can um, I just ask yeah, if you sometimes sell thing at some products at a loss and you've discre- you're very people focused and the client comes first are you growing a profitable business? What is the bigger picture? Why would you continue to do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we will look at the, at the client as a yearly spend rather than a cost per order. Okay. Um, sometimes you will be competing against someone who has a direct offer from a manufacturer and they are the licensed owner of that product. So they're always going to price people out of the market. Sometimes you're dealing with someone who has short dated stock, and obviously that that doesn't carry the commercial value as what your your proper stock should, but we would supply proper dated stock at short dated prices if it meant that we kept that client. We also have quite a large trade and wholesale part of the business, which does millions in its own right now within that, it's huge orders at lower margin. So, for example, if we're handling an order for a few hundred quid for a practice that loses 20 or 30 quid, but then and we're doing that three or four times, obviously all the other orders that are going through the system, we're nicking a little bit of margin on, but then we literally one trade deal could be talking a quarter of a million pound at 5%, which nets off every, everything that you've supplied at a loss. So, we're a very healthy, robust business. But we are always looking at the bigger picture. I mean, we wouldn't sell something that something costs thousands of pounds. We wouldn't give it away. There is a line, obviously. But in order to win basket basket orders, a, a, a batch of different products, some you just have to sell at a couple of percent as a loss. And then if you can make 5 or 6% on others it, and make sure you're just selling more at more at a profit than you are at a loss, you're sort of on the right track.
0: So you guys are operating in the field of healthcare and primary care. Are you supporting primary care networks?
1: Yes, absolutely. We, for us, to be honest, it's a good, it makes good sense to us. Um, we have a couple of different options for PCNs. We can do contracted work, which is obviously a recurring revenue stream over a period of time. So, and obviously with multiple sites clubbing together, it increases order values and the spend for that particular client. Um so we're always happier as a business to work to a lower margin than we would if each site was ordering individually we also do non-contracted just they have an account with us and they'll send us inquiries and we'll always go about price the price the products and say look come back and let us know where we are where we need to be and we'll see if we can help basically but also to be honest for the primary care networks we can streamline products a lot easier There's hundreds of different types of nitrile gloves, for example, that are on the market. If we can get to a point where we're dealing with 20, 30, 40 sites, all under one banner, we can go and we can present samples and we can do a blind sample testing of a variety of different products and try and get a product that everyone is happy with. Then we will go and do the negotiating with that particular manufacturer and say, right, we can, bring your, we can put your product into this many places. This is what the spend looks like. However, we need this level of discount, and then we will pass that discount onto the PCN as well. So their prices are going down. They're contracted. They know what they're going to pay right across the group, and they're all using the same product. So it's continuity of patient comfort as well because they're, whoever they're seeing within the PCN are all using the same products and they're used to them and it's familiar and it's relaxing and everything every other benefit that goes with it but also if someone runs out of stock or whatever happens something someone doesn't or someone gets caught short of stock they can just nip down the road and pick some of the same stuff up from somewhere else and then just replace it on the next order so they can work together and, and manage stock expectations between them
0: So you talked about your mum supports finance. How do you split the strengths and kind of responsibilities between yourself and Will?
1: So Will is very sales driven. Will handles the majority of the trade deals, I would say. I would probably split them sort of 50-50. Will manages large groups of pharmacy accounts, but then Will also is Alex's direct manager and manages somehow to pack hundreds of orders a day as well out of our our sort of HQ, if you like. He's, I don't know where he gets the energy from, to be honest. He's all over the place, taking orders on his mobile, on his desk phone, by email, while packing a box, and helping Alex with a product. Um, It's just unbelievable to watch, to be honest. Can't sort of say enough about him. Clients absolutely love him. So yeah, will handles all that side of things and then I jump in and do some packing and stuff. I will sort of look at areas we can grow the business, handle trade accounts, I liaise directly with with Mum on obviously all, all the sort of finance and business decisions. And then I deal with Jade a lot as well. I ran the medical portfolio before Jade came on board. So I'm learning from Jade as much as anything, to be honest. So we yeah, we have different areas that we focus on but so who, we'll always jump in and help each other out
0: so who's Jade
1: Jade is our medical medical portfolio manager, so basically Jade deals with the medical consumables, paper product, and medical equipment and furniture they 're her category, so she deals with suppliers, she deals with the client, she quotes, negotiates pricing, sorts web feeds out, and drives the the medical entity, whereas will is. Mainly IT based, so from a print point of view, Will looks after eighty percent of that. I would say across our our healthcare business, and then he looks after fifty percent of the trade print as well.
0: So, as a, as the CEO, what does a typical day look like for you?
1: Well, they're all very different, to be honest. I am some would say disorganised. I generally know what's going on, however, I don't keep a diary as such. I just basically go off the Whatever is most important at that time will make itself known that it's important and I'll deal with it there and then. To be that honest, makes and... me
0: feel very uneasy. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I, to be honest, I've never been, I could write a diary, don't get me wrong, I could do it and I could, but I just couldn't stick to it. I'm quite, my mind is always buzzing and I'll have an idea and I'll just go do something around that idea. Then I'll have another idea and I'll go and deal with that. And I, yeah, I feel sorry for everyone who has to work with me, to be honest. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. at the moment, we're very driven towards the the new building. At the moment, we're working across two different floors, across two different buildings, offices on different floors of the stock and all the rest of it, and we're bringing everything all under one roof, which will massively improve our efficiency. So I'm currently negotiating the joys of telephone systems, contractors, all that good stuff, basically. But a usual, whenever we're not going through anything like this, usually for me, yeah, Get up, start the day with coffee, head into the office, do whatever needs doing, speak to everyone, make sure everyone's all right, everyone's happy, speak to clients, generally end up packing boxes at some point throughout the day when the orders get busy and the courier's on his way. And then, yeah, just any, anything that needs doing, basically, and I'll go home and I'll carry on until my wife gets home and she'll say, put the laptop down and spend some time with me, basically.
0: Yeah, you're recently I get told
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. It's weird calling in my wife still, to be honest. Yeah, I'm still getting used to it.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. Cheers. Yeah, no, it's good. It's really good.
0: you are growing really, really rapidly. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that is happening? What are you doing that your competitors aren't? I think we're a
1: lot more proactive. That's a big thing. If we have a deal or if there's something going on or if there's a place that we can add value, we ensure that every single client knows about that. And for us it's not about just sending a mailer out like everyone does. Nobody reads mail shots. I I must get hundreds a day. And I literally don't read any of them. I don't look at any of them. I don't take in any information off any of them. And people are probably spending a fortune and they're getting designers involved and all the rest of it. But for me it just doesn't work. So we will send a direct email, pick up the phone, Send them a text. we will make sure that we we know obviously how the best routing to each individual client is, and we'll make sure we get that deal on the table to them, so we 're always proactively trying to grow their spend but also in the in the right areas and we 're quite old fashioned as well we We're not sort of giving the hard sell we 're not a commission based business or a bonus based business. We just offer good old fashioned Yorkshire customer service. We're dead honest with everything. There's no airs and graces. Everyone knows where they stand at all times. And I think it's just easy. It's just easy for our clients. And we always win on price. We're never beaten on price, which is nice.
0: So at quite a young age, you had the confidence to set this business up. Yeah. Where has that confidence come from?
1: I would say the majority from my grandpa, my late grandpa. He was an amazing businessman, had an unbelievable career. I went like, through school and everything, and I was always really competitive with everything that I did. It didn't have to be, it could even be sitting down with my little sister to eat tea. I wanted to finish my tea before she <laughs> did. <laughs> Literally everything. I've always played a lot of sport. I played some semi-professional cricket. So I've got that competitive edge and always wanting to be the best I can be. But with making friends along the way, But I would say for sure the biggest influence is from my grandpa on my mum's side. And literally living each day to make him as proud as what he could possibly be, and just forging a better life for, for my family and for future generations and for everyone within the business. And just, I, w- I will always want more, but in the best possible way. I would never sort of try and pull a wool over someone's eyes or something like that. It, we always do things ethically. But ultimately, we want more business. We want to win more business. We want to grow more and more. And it all probably sort of stems from that competitive element.
0: If CCG Supplies was going to win an award within three years, what would you want that award to be?
1: I'd want it to be something that was either recognized or voted for by our clients. I wouldn't... Industry recognition is lovely, but it only goes so far. Without your clients, you're nothing. Without your suppliers, you're nothing. But yeah, I'd love it to be something that was from our clients and probably something customer service based to be honest. That's what we pride ourselves on.
0: What is the biggest lesson or lessons that you have learned from setting up this business and growing as rapidly as you are?
1: Business can be a scary world at times. We absolutely love it and I wouldn't change it for the world. However, we have had some pretty dark days. There was a large IT distributor that we used to supply into went bankrupt last October, literally been to Bali with Laura, my other half, for a, for a few weeks, came back, all absolutely zen, had a lovely time, came back, got the phone call, so-and-so has gone bankrupt, and they took us for a fortune. That was really, really nervous. We managed to do everything that we can to offset some stock against it and speak to the liquidators and to be able to, to trade through it, but that was a scary time. One of the biggest lessons I would say is get the right insurance. And if your insurance won't give a limit on someone, no matter what that business says and no matter what the promise you, go with your gut. Go with your gut is the best advice I would give anyone, I would say.
0: And what advice would you give to somebody working in the healthcare space?
1: Probably just abide by the same ethics as we do as much as healthcare is such a huge industry and it's so vast Every, it's actually very small once you're in it everyone yeah. speaks to everyone everyone knows everyone and if you do thing that isn't ethical let's say then you will ruin your reputation and will have no business matter of is the word will spread like absolute wildfire yeah do do things right and don't run before you can walk too many to try and do too much to early, like, which is something that we've been really big on that. We have we take clients on in in waves. So we're happy to quote and to try and win some business. But if it's at a point where we are investing in our own infrastructure or we've got some internal logistics or efficiency, efficiency issues that we need to iron out ourselves, then we will tell that client, we will accept orders to start with. We will say, look, we'll be ready to have your account up and running within a week two days, two weeks, whatever that time frame is, and make sure that the customer experience from day one is as it should be, rather than just saying yes to everything and then worrying about it later and then ending up giving everyone a poor service, losing a load of clients and then in turn losing the business.
0: Okay. And do you read like businessy books or have you watched any videos that have really helped you I say videos. That sounds really like old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I watch see? plenty of YouTube. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Do you watch YouTube recently? <laughs> I mean, um, with your business? To be honest, I absolutely love Duncan Banatag. So yeah. I've read his books, but not sort of from a business point of view. More just from a general finance. And I love a story. Anyone who's got a background, anyone who's got something a little bit interesting about them, I'm interested in. But I would say. No, not so much of my reading. I'm not a great reader, to be honest. It's taken me three weeks to read the lease for the new building. <laughs> um, so, no, reading's not very good at all. Not something I... I just don't enjoy it, and I just end up getting distracted. My phone rings hundreds and hundreds of times a day, so I'll sit. I'll pick something up to read, mm-hmm. and then the next minute I'll be on the phone to someone for half an hour. But I'd speak to a lot of people. Speak to. We've had some amazing advice and some very good... Sort of strategic partners along the way that we've partnered with in order to to grow our business and to sort of lean on their expertise in order for us to learn as we go and that's a huge thing for us is speaking to the right people and the people that are respected within the industry but those that are honest and would genuinely rather help rather than throw a spanner in the works of another business as such so yeah speaking to people rather than reading and watching to be honest. Okay.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. There's loads of lessons there that our listeners can take from that. And if people are interested and want to get in touch with you, where is the best place? Where can people find you?
1: Probably email, LinkedIn. Myself, Alex, Will and Jade are all on LinkedIn. Emails is literally our first name, Ben, Alex, Will, Jade or Angela at ccgconsumables.co.uk or just on the telephone just 0800 121 4245 no obligations give us a ring let's have a chat let's chew the fat and if we can do something then great if not then we'll probably make some new friends
0: thank you so much
1: no problem thank you for having me
0: thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and we hope that you enjoyed it If you did enjoy it, we would love it if you left us an iTunes review or if you comment, like and share it on our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter at THC Primary Care and on LinkedIn. Just look for Tara Humphrey. So the Business of Healthcare podcast is being brought to you by THC Primary Care. We are a project management company specializing in the development of primary care networks, GP federations and training hubs. If you need support or you are looking for advice on how to progress one of your initiatives, please drop us an email so I can arrange a call with you so we can discuss this further. Our email is admin at thcprimarycare.co.uk. We've been helping primary care networks with their development plans, helping them to make the most of their network meetings, sharing training resources. We've had questions like, what do we include in a project plan? We have implemented network-based contracts across GP federations. We also support the day-to-day operational management of training hubs and have also got experience in setting them up from scratch. If we can't help you, we definitely know some people who will be able to help you, so please do get in touch. And that's just to remind you, our email address is admin at thc primarycare.co.uk or come and find us on www.thcprimarycare.co.uk and in the meantime please tune in to the next episode of the Business of Healthcare podcast.